Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, my dear brothers and sisters and dear friends. We would like to continue in this ministry with the study of 1 Corinthians, this very interesting letter that Shaul Paul wrote to the Corinthians. Please open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I will read 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 6 verses 1 to 11 for this ministry meeting. And so we read in verse 1, Paul is challenging the Corinthians whose spiritual condition was far from what they were called to be. And he is charging them out of love and out of care and concern for their spiritual welfare And Paul is saying in verse 1, Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matter? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are the least esteem in the church, in the assembly. I speak to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you, no, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren? But a brother goes to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. Now therefore there is Utterly a fault among you, because ye go to law one with another. Why do ye not rather take wrong? Why do ye not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Nay, ye do wrong, and defraud, and that your brethren. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed. But ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of our Lord Yeshua, our Lord Jesus, 
and by the Spirit of our God. Beloved brothers and sisters, I will stop here with the reading of the first 11 verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. This chapter 6 is among the whole book of 1 Corinthians, the whole letter that Shaul Paul is writing to the Corinthians because of their sad spiritual condition. Again, beloved brothers and sisters, it is one thing for one to become saint positionally. The word saint simply means that one is really set apart for God. The word saint in the Word of God in Scripture, in Hebrew it is the word kadosh, and it kadosh simply means to be set apart to God. To remind you that when the Apostle Paul wrote to the believers at Corinth, he have already called them unto the assembly of God which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus called saints called saints. And the word saints, hagios, means simply set apart to God. They were set apart to God positionally, but sadly because of their behavior, they were not set apart to God practically. And therefore the whole letter of 1 Corinthians, the apostle Shaul Paul was correcting the Corinthians with respect to so many practical day-by-day lifestyle that existed in their lives. We mentioned already there that the apostle Paul was dealing with so many issues, beloved brothers and sisters. He was dealing with the divisions that existed among themselves. He was dealing with uh, immorality. He was dealing with taking one another to court, as we will get to it here in chapter 6. He was dealing with a marriage error and problems in marriage. He was dealing with uh, things connected with uh, liberties of the believers. He was dealing with the fact that they, some did not believe in the resurrection in chapter 11. In chapter 12, 13, and 14, he was dealing with the problem with respect to the abuse of the spiritual gifts. In chapter 15, he was dealing with the fact that some did not even believe in the resurrection. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, there was problems in connection with giving and support. And the apostle Shaul Paul dealt this is amazing letter that was written here for the help of the Corinthians and the help of all believers who are part of the body of Christ, the body of Mashiach, Yeshua, and it is instruction to help all believers to realize the privilege that we have, but at the same time, the responsibility that comes along with it. And so notice, beloved brothers and sisters, here in these 11 verses, the apostle Shaul Paul continues, notice that this sixth chapter flows out from the, the fifth chapter, where the apostle Shaul Paul already dealt with the problem with sexual immorality that existed in the local assembly there at Corinth. If you remember in chapter 5, these 13 verses, he charged them to be wise with respect to discipline. The day is a need, a time to discipline in the local assembly where there is unjudged 
immorality or unjudged false doctrine that need to be dealt with. And the apostle Shaul Paul at the end of chapter 5 said that they are to put away that immoral person who live immorally in the local assembly in Corinth. But now he's moving into another issue in the Corinthians condition, and that is the issue of taking one another to court and to the court of the unbelieving world. Imagine the Corinthians were saints positionally. They belonged to the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. They were born from above. They are born again. They were part of the local ecclesia called out ones. But apparently there were the problem with taking one another to court, and Paul is presenting here these three points in the first 11 verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, to, with respect to taking one another into law, to have lawsuits against brethren, against believers. He is telling them three things here in these six chapters, verses 1 to 11. Number one, lawsuit is not wise. Number two, lawsuit is shameful. And number three, lawsuit really is unjust. Lawsuit is unwise to take believers to the unregenerated world, to the judges in the court of the world. Lawsuit is shameful when we take one brother and another brother, one sister and another sister taking the other to court among the unbelievers. And lawsuit is unfair, unjust, because it is not the manner whereby the believers are to behave. Well, easy to say it, easy to read it, easy to study that from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, but it is another thing altogether to practice this in one's life. Beloved brothers and sisters, this is exactly what happened in the history of the people of Israel. It is one thing to be a chosen nation and to be called by God a chosen people. It's another thing to behave as the chosen people. Same thing with the church, the assembly. It is one thing to be chosen in Christ, in the Messiah, before the foundation of the world, to be part of the ecclesia. It is another thing to behave as chosen one in a practical way among one another. So notice this. In the first three verses of First Corinthians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul is saying, How is it that you dare to take one another, this is believer taking another believer, to court? Notice, do any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? You see, begin with this question, that word, do any of you having a matter, that matter can be directed into a word lawsuit or a grievance or a dispute when there is problem with one another among the people of God, among the redeemed. How do we handle this? How do we handle this situation? What do we do? Paul is asking, apparently, they were taking one another to the unjust world, to the unbelievers. Imagine two believers in Yeshua the Messiah who are claimed to be redeemed, forgiven by the Lord. 
Now they have an argument with one another, they have a grievance, they have a dispute, they have a matter, they have a, a, a situation between themselves. So they take one another to court. They file the lawsuit, and they're going to the law, to the court, and they are going to speak now to stand before the a judge in the city, in the town, and, and he who is not a believer, he will have to judge between them both. I wonder if they could present before him the gospel at the same time. And they could tell him, listen, you have sinned and Jesus, Yeshua loved you and God loved you and he gave his son for you. Well, obviously, it will be very difficult. And so Paul is asking this question. He's really concerned about the Corinthian situation and he's asking them in this first verse of chapter 6, he says, there any of you having a matter against another Go to law before the unjust and not before the saints. Now notice when he's saying go to law before the unjust, he's not saying now that the judge is unjust. But what he's saying, you are believers. You are born from above. You have the Holy Spirit of God indwelling in you. How come that you are willing to have an unbeliever in the court of the world that does not know God, does not believe in Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, how can you expect from him now to be the one who will deal between yourself? Why don't you, he's saying, why don't you go before the saints, the believers? Now you see, beloved brothers and sisters, oftentimes we do not even share things between the saints because we have conflict and pride and arrogance and and all kind of cliques that exist in any local church today because of the fact that we are not simply living up to that where we should be. And that's why there are all sort of situations that exist. But Paul is very straightforward. Just the same like Moshe was very straightforward with his people Israel. And any of the prophets of Israel who wanted the, the, the ways of the Lord in the life of the people of Israel, they were straightforward with the nation of Israel because when the nation of Israel violated God's word, they were so concerned for the nation and they were troubled when there was problem between one another. See, it was exactly what Habakkuk did in his time when he presented himself before his own people and he said he had a burden. The word Habakkuk means lechabek, to hug, to embrace. He double embracer of Israel. He says, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry and thou will not hear? Even I cry out unto thee for violence and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? Here's a grievance be among the people of Israel. For spoiling and violence are before me and there are they that rise up to strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, judgment does not go forth, the wicked does compass about the righteous, and therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. You see, Habakkuk loved his people as Shaul Paul loved the brethren in Corinth. But you see, what we find out that God gave an answer to Habakkuk, and he says, For lo, I will raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter hasty nation, which shall march uh, through the breadth of the land uh, to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. And you see, Habakkuk receives an answer. God says, okay, when the people of Israel fight with one another 
and there is no proper judgment, then God will bring the unbelieving world, the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, to judge God's people. You see, but then Habakkuk had a second dilemma. And he said to, to God, he said, Art thou not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, mine Holy One? And then he said, Thou art purer than to behold evil. You cannot look upon sin. And he had trouble because he was troubled because God will bring the unbelieving nation to judge his own people. You see, that's what happened. And now we find out that the believers at Corinth were taking one another to the ungodly world and that's why Paul says, why you go to law, to have a lawsuit, before the unjust, and not before the saints? You see, the saints, again, the word kudoshim, these are the ones that belong to the Lord, these are the ones that are redeemed, and these are the brethren, the achim, those that belong to the Lord, and they are set apart by God positionally, but apparently... Beloved brothers and sisters, we find out that the brethren, instead of going to other believers, they were going to the unregenerated world. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, the apostle Shaul Paul continued in verse 2, and he said to them, Don't you realize, notice that he, Paul is asking questions and giving an answers. He said in verse 2, Do ye not know? In fact, in the portion that we have read from verses 1 to 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, three times he would use the word, Do ye not know? Verse 2, verse 3, Do ye not know? Verse 9, Do ye not know? In other words, you ought to know it. You actually know it in your head, but you haven't appropriate this into your own life. And that's why in verse 2 he says, Don't you know that the saints, again, to remind you, saints, Hagios, the set-apart one, the chosen one that was set apart by God for salvation, don't you know that the saints, the Kdoshim in Hebrew, the Mekudashim, set apart. Don't you know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest metal? You see, he is telling the believers at Corinth, don't you know, you should know, and you know in your head. But in your heart, you haven't internalized this and practiced this. Don't you know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matter? You see, in other words, the smallest matter and the largest matter, the believers in the Lord Jesus the Messiah can deal with it if they will graciously and in a godly manner will deal with every situation that may rise up among the people of God. You see, in Revelation chapter 2, we read in verse 26 and verse 27, when 
the Lord spoke to the Apostle John concerning the spiritual leaders in Thyatira. And you remember what he said to them in verse 26 and 27? And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my Father. Amazing what the Lord said to the church of of Thyatira, writing this letter, giving to Yohanan this letter that Yohanan will send it to the seven churches in Asia Minor, to the seven assemblies, and he's saying to them that those that are overcomers and live godly, they will be the one that will receive power over all the nations, and they will rule them with a rod of iron. In other words, the believers will rule and reign over this world, beloved brothers and sisters. And you see, it's not only that they will rule because they have been faithful, but the saints, because of their relationship with the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, they will rule by virtue of their great salvation, which they have received from the Lord Yeshua the Messiah himself. Well, you know, the Lord he spoke to the people of Israel concerning the future day in Daniel chapter 7, and he said to Daniel concerning the rest, Israel, the restored nation, in chapter 7, we do read that it says in verse uh, 22, until the ancient of day came. You know, those times of the Gentiles will come to an end at the end of the tribulation period. The church will be already in heaven prior to the tribulation. Israel will be restored at the end of the tribulation. And then the ancient of day come and judgment was given unto the saints. Here again, the saints in the context of Daniel 7 has to do with the Jewish saints, Israel saints doing the messianic kingdom. And they will be the one that will rule and reign with the Messiah doing the messianic kingdom. The saints of the Most High. And the time came and the saints possessed the kingdom. This is when Israel as a nation will be restored and possess the kingdom. But in connection with the assembly of the, the saints of the church age, we also who belong to the church will rule with the Lord and rule over this world. Don't you know that the saints shall judge the world? Beloved brothers and sisters, to the apostles, the Lord Yeshua the Messiah said in Matthew chapter 19 that they have a unique position by virtue of the fact that they were the shlichim, the apostles. They will rule and, and reign over the, the 12 tribes of Israel doing the Messianic kingdom according to Matthew 19 and verse 28. And there we read, notice that, he said, then Yeshua said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, in the new age, in the messianic age, when the Son of Man, this is the Messiah, will come as a king, he said, he will sit on the throne of his glory. You also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. The apostles will have a unique position doing the Messianic kingdom, and they will rule over the twelve tribes of Israel. 
And then Israel, the saints of Israel, will rule over the world. And the church itself will rule as well over the world. Don't you know that the saints will judge the world, beloved brothers and sisters? This is fascinating when you really think about it. And so Paul is troubled by challenging the Corinthian because of this condition that existed there because of the fact in which they behaved so badly that he needed to correct them and to remind them that they will ultimately, they are called to rule the world and their behavior was very poorly. And so notice now, after he said it, if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matter? He's saying to them, can't you judge among yourself when you have a problem and just deal with it? Again, brothers and sisters, this is very practical. This is something that we fail so much in it, and we have to confess it, that the reason that there are divisions and friction among the professing uh, church, the believers, because we just simply do not oftentimes fail in living up to the call that God has for the believers of the church age. And so, even the smallest matter, are you unworthy to judge uh, the smallest matter? And then he tells them, notice that in verse 3, again, when you remember the thought here in verses 1, 2, and 3, called believers of the church age, taking one another to court is unwise, unbiblically and unwise. He continues in verse 3, and the second, know ye not, is not only that the church, the saints among the the church will be the one that not only will judge the world, according to verse 2, but in verse 3 he says, Know ye not that we, he is including himself, we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain us to this life? In other words, we are going also to judge angels. Now the question, of course, is, which angels are we going to judge? You see, we don't have necessarily a clear indication as to, uh, according to Second Peter chapter 2, and verse 4 we read there, For if God spare not the angels that sinned, but cast him down to hell, and deliver them into chains of darkness, uh, to be reserved unto judgment. You see, the angels uh, they did not believe and failed God and fell and followed Satan. They are, notice that, they are kept in chain of darkness they, uh, until they are reserved until the day of judgment. You notice this, beloved brothers and sisters, and therefore there is a time coming where the judgment upon the disobedient angels will be coming soon, even though right now they are reserved in chain until the day of uh, judgment. We do read in, in the book of Jude, in, the, in verse 6, concerning angels as well, the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he has reserved, notice that, in everlasting chain under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. 
Whichever way, beloved brothers and sisters, the Lord will use the saints to judge angels, that the Apostle Paul revealed this to us here as he received it by revelation from the Lord, he is reminding the Corinthian believers who took one another to court and had lawsuits against one another. They had grievance and dispute and matters, and instead of dealing with this in the local assembly, they were taking one another to the unregenerated world. Paul, Shaul, is saying to them, it is unwise to do so. Don't you know that the saints shall judge the world? Verse 2. Don't you know that we shall judge angels? Verse 3. How much more things that pertain to this life? You see, amazing to think of things that pertain to this life, day by day matters, can be helped if we would have the mind of the Lord, if we are spiritually minded, we would be able to help one another and to build the assembly of the believers. Let me just remind you in Galatians chapter 6, where the, the apostle said to the brethren, Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fall, this is Galatians 6 and verse 1, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted or also tested. In other words, brethren, if there is a challenge and a problem in the local assembly, those that are spiritual, those that are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. The spiritual believers in the local assembly can be helpful when the saints begin to take one another to court among the unbelievers, they can come to the spiritual, to the godly, among the local assembly of believers, and they should be able to help them. Therefore, be wise and not unwise in taking matters to the court outside, to the unjust judges of the world. Now, he continued now in verse 4, all the way, beloved brothers and sisters, in these the next verses, verse 4 to 8, Paul is pointing to the fact that having lawsuits is not only unwise, but it is a shameful thing to happen among the believers. You notice this, beloved brothers and sisters, that Paul is very practical. He is really desiring the best for the Corinthian believers. And so he says in verse 4, notice that, If then ye have judgment or law suit, judgment of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are the least esteemed in the assembly, in the church. I speak unto your shame. Is it so? that there is not a wise man among you, no, no one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. But brother goes to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. Now, and he began to tell them in verse 7 and 8, uh, he says to them, why don't you rather take the wrong, rather than take your brother or your sister to court be before the unbelievers? 
And you notice what he does, beloved brothers and sisters. Paul is very practical, as I mentioned earlier. He says, if you have the law court, the lawsuit of the things that pertaining to this life, you know, there are so many issues. Things could be have to do with money, with power, with position, with job, with all sort of things among the believers. Among the believers, which should not be a problem. But it just shows us how our sin nature is so easily active here in this world because we are still here in this world. And as Paul said in Galatians chapter 5, walk in the spirit, initial not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, when we walk in the flesh, we do fulfill the lust of the flesh and we are not able to manage to rise above all things that pertaining to this life, even among one another. Never mind among the unbelievers. And so he says, if there is a, a judgment or a matter or a, a situation that needed some help, well, what are you doing? He said, you know, if it's pertaining to this life, you know, go to people among your brethren, believers, who are even the least esteemed in the assembly, in the church. Even the ones that are not as so-called respected believers or respected brethren. They are just simply godly uh, brethren who are walking with the Lord. Go to them, even to the least, and they will be able to help you with the right judgment as they are seeking the mind of the Lord. In verse 5, the you notice, by the way, that in verse 4 he says, the one who least esteem in the church. In other words, the church is not a building. The church is a composition of all true believers. In other words, go to the one that is least esteemed among the called out one. That's what is meaning the word church, assembly, called out one. Go to them. They will be able to help you. So in verse 5, he's saying, I speak unto your shame. You notice that? It is really a shame when believers cannot handle matters among themselves. It is really a shame. And it is a shame on us as those of us who are part of any local church, local assembly, when we are unable to settle matter with one another graciously, with a a spirit of forgiveness. You see, I speak, verse 5, this unto you, to your shame, Shaul Paul is saying. Is it not that, that there is not a wise man among you, not even one that shall be able to judge or to deal with, to give counsel between his brethren? Don't you have even one godly brother, one wise brother that will help you to deal with your problems, Shaul Paul is saying to the Corinthians. You see, he continues and he's saying in verse 6, But brother goeth to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. Can you imagine going there to unbelievers to ask them to help you to deal with metals, and then you who belong to the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, who part of the called out one, aren't you able to deal with matter among yourselves? In Second Corinthians chapter 6, in verses 14 and 15 we read, Be ye not unequal yoke together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? 
What communion has light with darkness? What concord has the Messiah with Belial? And what part has he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Of course, the Apostle Paul is quoting what the Lord said to these people, Israel, and he applying it to the local assembly in the church. He says, listen, you are to be showing that you are godly, that you are an example, but notice that a brother goes to law with brother and that before the unbelievers? You see, beloved brothers and sisters, we cannot accuse perhaps one another, but we can say, we can search our hearts, and we can say that these things is failure on a part of the people that belong to the Lord. And uh, that shows carnality, it shows that we fail, it shows that we need the grace of God to be restored into fellowship like the Corinthians needed. And that's why this letter was written in order to draw them to be restored to God, to the Lord Jesus, and not only to be positionally saints, but to be practically behaving as the saints that belong to the Lord. So, he continued and he's saying to them, and listen to this, beloved brothers and sisters. Now, therefore, as he's saying here in verse 7, now he says, Therefore, there is utterly fault among you. Paul is observing this. He is pronouncing. He's saying, Really, it is only your fault. There is fault among you because ye go to law one with another. And he says, why do ye not rather take wrong? Why do ye not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Or really uh, being taken by someone. Even if, if somebody cheated us, why don't you rather take, accept the fact that someone was successful to cheat you, why don't you rather take the wrong? Why don't you really forgive? Basically what he's saying to the Corinthian believers that they should simply as believers they are to forgive one another rather than to take them to the unbelievers to the court of the unbelievers because they will one day judge the saints they judge the world they will judge the world one day they will judge angels once we will be taken to be with the Lord well in view of this what a shame it is when they take the believers taking one another to court of the world, of the unregenerated world. Well, notice what the Apostle Paul said to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31 and 32. He said, he said Let bitterness uh, with wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. What a standard. What a standard the apostle is requiring from the Corinthians and the Ephesians to have. Now, mind you, there are times where one has to go to the unbelieving 
world, to the court for some issues and situation that may arise, but to take one another as believers to court, according to the Apostle Paul, he spoke to their shame in verse 5. And he says, how is it you're going before the unbelievers? And he says, why don't you rather take the wrong? Why don't you rather suffer? Suffer yourself to be defrauded. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, what a standard. What a standard it is. And verse 8, Nay says, ye do wrong, and you defraud, and that your brethren, apparently, from the that verse 8, apparently, the believers were even oppressing one another, defrauding one another. In other words, they cause one another to even be destroyed by the manner whereby they were behaving. And in a sense, to be defrauded is to take advantage of one another to the extent that the believers suffer from that. That verse 8 Here in verse 8, some translation used to be cheated. No, he says, you yourself do wrong and you cheat. And you do these things to your brethren. You're the one who defraud, you do wrong to your brother. In other words, some time when believers can behave worse than the unregenerated world. They are cheating, they are doing wrong to one another to one, to a brother, to a sister. And that is where it is dishonoring to the Lord, is not benefiting anyone. And God is, through the Apostle Paul, is seeking to uh, help the Corinthians not to behave in such a, a way. In First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 6, we do read that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter because that the Lord is the avenger of all such as we have forewarned you and testified. See, Paul wrote to the Thessalonians as well. He says, you among yourself do not defraud one another, and the word defraud can be used, the word to oppress one another, one brother against a brother in any matter, because the Lord is the one that will be the one who will avenge. He is the avenger of all that do such a thing as this. And Paul said, we have said this to you, Thessalonians. He's saying it to the Corinthians. He told the Ephesians the importance of forgiveness. And so Paul here is saying it is shameful in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 4 to 8, lawsuits are shameful for believers to practice before the unregenerated world. Why? Because if two believers who claim to belong to Yeshua the Messiah come to the world and to the judges of the unbelievers and stand before them, they lost their testimony completely by dealing with one another before the unbelieving judges. So may God help us with this, as the Apostle Paul is instructing the Corinthians in this matter. Now you notice, beloved brothers and sisters, here in the next verses, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and this time it is 
uh, the passage that deals specifically with the third challenge that uh, Paul is presenting before the Corinthians, that lawsuits are also unjust and unfair. Not only that they are not wise, not only that they are shameful, but lawsuits also are unjust and unfair. Verses 9, 10, and 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And so listen to this, beloved brothers and sisters. Here Paul continues, I will read verses 9, 10, and 11. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminates, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall enter into the kingdom of God. And he continued in verse 11, and he said, Then such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. In other words, beloved brothers and sisters, in these three verses of 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 to 11, the Apostle Paul is now continuing to point to these Corinthians the fact that they ought to know, beloved brothers and sisters, they ought to know that there are those who practice things such as unrighteousness, fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminates, abusers themselves with mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkenness, railers, and extortioners, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. What does he mean here when we read such an amazing verses here, beloved brothers and sisters? Paul is giving to us an instruction concerning the fact that those who live out this kind of lifestyle, those who are un, uh, not judging themselves, those who live like this, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. He mentioned twice here the kingdom of God. In Hebrew it's called Malchut HaElohim. Malchut HaElohim, the kingdom where God is the one that is ruler. Now again, there is a kingdom that will come in a future day when God himself, in the person of the Son, the Messiah Yeshua, he will rule in this world as a King of kings and Lord of lords over the world. And the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, will rule and reign over this world as King of kings and Lord of lords. But what he's speaking here about is the kingdom of God in the sense that no one will ever enter into the kingdom of God where God is ruler and God is the one that is having authority in any period of time of human history, whether it is today where the kingdom of God, the Lord Jesus as a king, is ruling over the hearts of his own people, the believers. Even though he is a king of kings, he is not yet ruling over this world, but he is ruling over the hearts of the believers who are willing to be subject to him. 
And so the believers who are belonging to him, the Lord Jesus in the present day is ruling over their hearts and they will not live on an ongoing basis in unrighteousness, in idolatry, in adultery, in homosexuality, in abusing themselves with mankind, in thieving, in coveting, in being drunkards, in revilers and extortionists on an ongoing basis without judging themselves. In other words, the true believer may fall into any one of these sins, but he or she will not live this out and condone it and say, I'm right, that's the way I want to live. Of course not, because they could never be part of the kingdom of God, where God is ruling. Whether he's ruling over hearts today, whether he's going to rule over Israel and the world in the future, whether he ruled in any as a king of kings, God is a supreme, he's a ruler, he's ruling over the world, but only those that are subject to him are part of that kingdom where God's rule. In relationship with him. Although God is ruling over the whole world, but the world of the unregenerated unbelievers set him aside. They said, we will not have him to rule over us. But the kingdom of God, in relationship to God's people, he is ruling over those that are willing to be subject to him. They accept him. They accept his will. They accept his word. They accept his anointed, the Mashiach, the Messiah. They accept his will, and they will seek with his own help to be subject to his will. So what Paul is saying, he said, don't you know if you, Corinthians, are taking one another to court, and you don't pause and consider that's wrong, I should not do so, I fail in doing so, and then they repent and they turn back. If you're going to continue to do these things and practice this on an ongoing basis, defrauding one another, it may very well show that you really do not belong to the Lord in the first place. You are not part of the kingdom of God. Because remember that the Lord Jesus the Messiah said to Nicodemus in chapter 3 of the Gospel of John, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is verse 3. John 3, 3. In John 3, 5, Verily, verily, I said to you, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So in order to be part of the kingdom of God, one must be born of the Holy Spirit, born from above, being having new birth, a believer, a child of God. And here we see, and he's saying to the Corinthians, he's reminding them, Paul reminding them, he says, Don't you know, brethren, you belong to the Lord, you are saints. This kind of behavior is not supposed to be practiced in, among yourself, among the assembly, in the church, in the local assembly, among the believers. Don't you know? And if it is practiced among you and you're defrauding one another and you, you're actually causing another one to be destitute, you are robbing one another, you are cheating one another practically on an ongoing basis, don't you know that this kind of behavior is unacceptable before God? That's why, beloved brothers and sisters, the Apostle Paul in verse 9 and 10 mentioning twice, don't you know that the unrighteous, the one who practice unrighteousness on an ongoing basis without to judges only prove 
that he or she do not belong to the Lord. Or it only proves that he or she are acting in the flesh and do not walk as they are called to walk in a godly manner. Then he continued, No fornicators, those who live out their life. Someone may fall into sin, but he or she ought to repent and be restored to the Lord. No fornicators and idolaters and adulterers and effeminate and abusers of themselves with mankind. No thieves, no covetous, no drunkenness, no revilers, no extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, those who live out this kind of lifestyle on an ongoing basis, they only show that they not belong to the kingdom of God. They cannot inherit it. They cannot enter into it. So believers who are already in the kingdom of God should seek by, with God's help, to separate from practicing these things so they can enjoy the relationship which they have as believers who are part of the kingdom of God, of Malchut HaElohim, kingdom Malchut, God Elohim, the kingdom that belongs to God where He reigns over His own people. And so, it's not only that taking one another to court to defraud one another is not wise when one does so be before the unbelievers, not wise to do it at all, but don't go to court and go take one another to unbelievers. Secondly, it's not only that it is not wise, but it is a shame, verses 4 to 8, to take one another to the unbelieving world because it's put the believers to shame. You call yourself a child of God and look what you're doing. And then thirdly, it is also unjust. It's not right because verses 9, 10, and 11 tells us that the one that are born of the Spirit of God and belong to the kingdom of God have to realize that that kind of lifestyle, that kind of behavior belong to the outside world where there is unrighteousness, where there is idolatry and adultery and effeminate and abusers of oneself with mankind, thievery and covetousness and drunkenness and revilers and extortioners. That is the way the world, the unbelievers live. In fact, you notice what Paul is saying here in verse 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11, he's reminding the Corinthians who were pagan, who came from the world, who came from a paganistic kind of lifestyle, immorality lifestyle, before they came to hear the message of the gospel from Shaul, Paul, and others, and became born of the Spirit of God, he's saying to them, you see, Corinthians, verse 11, such were some of you. What a reminder it is, beloved brothers and sisters, that all of us we all came from the world and its system. We all are sinners by nature. We all receive forgiveness. We all came on a basis of the finished work of Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. He paid for my sins, for your sins. We have all came from such a condition. Praise God that God is in a business to save sinners. God is in a business to save sinners. And if someone who thinks that he is righteous or she is righteous 
and they don't need God, they will find themselves outside of the kingdom of God. They will never be able to be part of the redeemed company, redeemed people of God. Because if they justify themselves and they said, no, no, I am righteous, I am fine, well, they will find themselves outside of the kingdom of God. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will not enter into the kingdom of God. They will ultimately be judged by God in a day of judgment. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, listen to what we read here. Know you not, verse 9, 10, and 11, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 10, and 11, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Those that live out this life, never turn to the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, they will never inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because sin will never be able to enter into the presence of God. And one of those sins is defrauding one another. But you see, these Corinthians now are saints positionally. So it just shows us that believers, if they are not judging themselves and walking in the power of the Spirit of God, believers in Yeshua the Messiah, if they are not judging themselves and walking in the Spirit and not in the flesh, their flesh is not better than the unregenerated people in the world. Your flesh and mine is just as sinful as the old nature of the unregenerated people. Why? Because, notice, verse 11, such were some of you. You were, before you became believers, you were unrighteous, you were idolaters, you were adulterers, you were effeminate, you were abusing themselves with mankind, you were thieves, you were covetous, you were drunkards, you were revilers, you were extortioners. That's where you came from. That's where you and I came from, beloved brothers and sisters. But ye were, before you came to belong to the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, ye were such. And it's good to remember this. Because if we are not forgiving one another, we will never be able to enjoy the forgiveness that the Lord has forgiven us. Can you imagine, beloved brothers and sisters, this is exactly why we are to bear in mind what the Messiah has done for us. Oh, beloved brothers and sisters, notice that. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiven one another, even, even how? As God, for Mashiach's sake, for Messiah's sake, for Christ's sake, He has forgiven you for all these sins of unrighteousness and idolatry and adultery and effeminate and abusing oneself with mankind and thievery and covetousness and drunkenness and revilers and extortioners, we were all such. Such were some of you, Corinthians. And such were some of us, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends. But, notice that, 
And here is the Apostle Paul concluding these three-point statements here to the Corinthians. He says, but. But what, Paul? What are you saying? He says, but not the three things. He says, but you're washed. You and I are washed by the blood of the Lamb, beloved brothers and sisters. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of this world, Yeshua the Messiah, who came from heaven according to the plan of God. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He washed our sin. We are washed by the blood of the Lamb. Our sins are washed away. How wonderful to know this, beloved brothers and sisters. Not only that we are washed, beloved brothers and sisters, that the apostle uh, remind us in Revelation, if you remember in Re- Revelation 1 verse 5, uh, from Jesus Christ and the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loveth us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. You see, we were washed by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of the Mashiach. You were not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, as Peter said to the early Hebrew believers, but you were washed by the, you remember that, by the blood of the Lamb. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 18, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with, in other words, you are redeemed with the precious blood of the Messiah, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. For the early Hebrew believers that Peter wrote to, for a little bit later on the gentle believers that Paul wrote to, For you and I today, we were washed by the blood of the Lamb. We are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Ye are washed, Corinthians. Don't you know that? He continued in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 to tell them in verse 11, not only that you are washed, but you are sanctified. He's telling them that they are set apart. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, you see, we are positionally cleansed, washed by the blood of the Lamb, and also positionally we are sanctified because we are set apart. That's come from the same word that we have in First Corinthians chapter 1 where the Apostle Paul called them saints in verse 2. Called saints. The word saints, hegios, mekudashim, simply mean that they were set apart. They were sanctified. And again, the same hagiazo come from the same root word. They are sanctified. In this case, it is positional sanctification. Now, practical sanctification, apparently they were not. That's why they were taking one another to court. But positionally, they were hagiazo, they were sanctified. Ye are, notice what he's saying to them in verse 11 again, ye are sanctified. They should be practically sanctified, but positionally they are sanctified. But not only that, 
they are also justified. Notice the word justified, but ye are. Notice, but ye are justified. What does that mean? They were justified because once they've accepted the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, they were justified once and for all. They were saved from the judgment, from the wrath that is going to come, and they were now, notice they were justified. Paul said to the Romans, But God commended His love towards us, verse 8, that while we were yet sinners, Christ, the Mashiach, died for us, much more than being now justified, verse 9, Romans 5, verse 9, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath to come. In other words, the believers are, notice three things, they are washed, Believers are washed by the blood of the Lamb. Believers are sanctified by the work of Christ, by the blood of the Lamb. And believers are justified because of the work of our Lord Jesus the Messiah. Notice he says in verse 11, In the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Notice that we have all the three persons of the Godhead that have been part in the work of redemption in the work of washing the believers, of sanctifying the believers, of justifying the believer in Yeshua the Messiah, all the three persons. Notice, in the name of the Lord Jesus, this is God the Son. By the Spirit, this is God the Holy Spirit. By the Spirit of our God, this is God the Father. All the three persons of the Godhead were involved in the salvation of the Corinthian believers who were washed, who were sanctified, who were justified, but their behavior was not compatible with their positional. Their practice was completely opposite to where they were called to be as saints of God. And beloved brothers and sisters, how about us? Where do we all in a practical way, fit into all this. And may the Lord help us to learn from these portions that the Corinthians needed correction. You and I need correction in our lives. Our salvation is secure because we have been chosen in the Messiah, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. And therefore, He have chosen we belong to him and he left us here in this world to live for him and to give a testimony to his name and therefore the believers are called to be careful walking in this world and so verses 1 to 11 of 1st Corinthians chapter 6 taking one believer another believer to courts of unbelieving world it is Unwise, it is shameful, and it is unjust. It is far better to work things out among the people of God, lest the world will not receive the right testimony from those that belong to Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. May God help us, beloved brothers and sisters. Well, until the next time, God bless you, and Shalom, Shalom.
You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Thank you.